This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short, and I'm joined here, as always, by Drew Silva, This is our latest position preview episode for the 2021 season. We've covered first base, second base, and shortstop in our previous episodes, so you can go back in our archives to check that out. If you're you're on YouTube, you can go back on the NBC Sports uh, YouTube page. You can do a search for Circling the Bases and find those episodes. But today we are moving to the hot corner to preview the third base position for 2021. Before we get into that, just a quick reminder that the NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Baseball Magazine is out there in stores right now. The online guide is also available, and it has everything you need to get ready for the season. It will be constantly updated during spring training, new content being added all the time. You can go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash MLB Draft Guide to get started there. So we're recording this episode in mid-February, so... We're really hoping that these can be relevant throughout spring training as you get ready for your drafts. But uh, Drew, um, we talked about the depth of shortstop and I actually feel really good about third base too. I, I think if you want to wait on third base, you're, you're actually going to be pretty okay. Yeah. And some of my favorite power hitters on the overall draft board are at the top, like no matter position. And, and then it's deep. I had trouble at the bottom even deciding on who to sneak into the top 20. Yeah. And, and some of the later rankings that I have might make some people mad, but you know that that's good. The thing about this year because of the trickiness of like parsing through the data from last year is that there's not going to be a whole lot of groupthink. Mm-hmm. And we we know groupthink is common in fantasy baseball and fantasy football and fantasy basketball. Um you know, it, you look at an ADP and you just like assume that's where the player belongs. Um, but I, it, this year, like the ADPs are screwed up, I think. Um, yeah. at, le- at least with some players. And so there's values to be had, or there's players who are being overvalued because of what they did in the small sample size. There's um, a couple of really interesting young players where I didn't really know where to put them. And, and you'll see in my top 12, they're actually not in my top 12. They're not in mine either. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll, I'll read off my top 12 and, then, and we'll go from there. So number one, Jose Ramirez, two, Manny Machado, three, DJ LeMahieu, four, Alex Bregman, five, Anthony Rendon, six, Nolan Arenado, which is disrespect, uh, <laughs> seven, Raphael Devers, eight, Yoan Moncada, 9, Kevin Biggio, 10, 
Eugenio Suarez, 11, Max Muncy, 12, Jeff McNeil. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we disagree on a lot of this. This is, is good. good. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad, too. <laughs> um, so we both have Jose Ramirez at the top. We'll start there. Um, I think we can probably put that awful first half from 2019 in the rear view at this point. That was kind of the talk of, you know, the spring last year. Like, oh, was he that guy or is that going to leak over? But he's now been a a top three finisher in the AL MVP voting three of the last four years while averaging 36 home runs and 28 stolen bases for every 162 games played during that four-year span. 917 OPS, 284 batting average with all the RBIs and runs score that that come with that level of production. He was on pace for 48 home runs last season, 28 steals, finished with a career-high 993 OPS. Um, Francisco Lindor will obviously be missed, uh, but Ramirez does have some sluggers behind him in the Cleveland lineup, and, and Eddie Rosario, who is a newcomer, Framil Reyes, who I think can be better than he's been. Uh, maybe Josh Naylor could do something. Uh, this will be the age 28 campaign for Ramirez. He's fairly rare among third basemen for his high-level stolen base production. You don't see a lot of that at third base. Um, I think that sets him apart big time. Tenth overall pick right now. Take him even earlier than that if you want. And yeah. like maybe he'll get traded to a better team at some point too. I, yeah, I wouldn't rule that out. I, I think he's the the no-brainer uh, number one third baseman. And I have a feeling that's where we start to diverge a little bit. Yeah, well, I had Manny Machado at two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we touched on this last year that Machado had better underlying numbers like batted ball data and metrics than his actual production suggested in his first year with the Padres in 2019. And it just really all came together in his second year um, from a you know pace of production standpoint, 304 average, 950 OPS, 16 homers, RBIs runs scored through the roof, six steals too, probably hitting third, sometimes second around a, a lot of other players we like in fantasy. I think he should feast if he maintains that, which you know he's proven he can do at this point. I, I have to think there was probably an adjustment period there, um, going from the AL East to, to San Diego, not as a hitter-friendly environment. I mean, it's only natural. Maybe the pressure of like a big contract, whatever the case might may be. But ba- last year he was basically back to his 2018 level between the Orioles and the Dodgers, you know, the strikeout rate lowered from 19.4% to 14.6%, which, you know, you love to see. I don't think he's ever going to necessarily be like a double digit steal guy again, but he's not a zero there either. He sold, he stole six bases last year in 60 mm-hmm. games. You never know. Maybe he will be, but that's not necessarily what you're, you're investing for. Uh, you know, I love that lineup, just like you were saying, the powers there, you know, the plate disciplines there, great situation. So yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. He's only 28 years old. Like he's been around in the major since he was nearly a teenager, uh, debuted at 20 years and 34 days old. So uh, there shouldn't be a big decline in the near future and maybe some natural regression in some areas, but he can make up for it in other areas. He's only had one 100 RBI season. I bet he gets his second this yeah. year. Like I would put good money on that. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. So three, I have DJ LeMayhew. I don't know where you fall on that. I have Anthony Rendon and 
Yeah, I, 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 agree. I thought about that. I really, I really wanted to move Rendon up because I, I think he, he's totally disrespected. I, I agree with you. I, I was really struggling with between Bregman, LeMahieu, and Rendon because they're kind of, they're kind of similar in a way if you think about it. I mean, I redid like all of these third base rankings. It's a really hard position to rank. I feel like second base was kind of like this last year. I'll, I'll make the case for Rendon. Um, had an ADP around 22 last season. It's around 42 this spring, depending on where you look. Like, did he show us anything that would make you want to pass him 20 spots in a draft from last year to this year? I don't think so. I mean, remember he had the oblique issue at the start of last yep. year. Got a real slow start, and then he was just his normal self. So he was 418 on base percentage last year. And in AB in an OBP format, like the value is amazing. Has more walks than strikeouts over the last two years combined. Sample size of 100 or 878 plate appearances, uh, 96th percentile in whiff rate last season. Just like doesn't swing and miss, doesn't strike out. Statcast would tell you that he didn't barrel enough balls, um, but there's some luck in that data. Like even the best hitters in baseball can't always aim the bat at the ball. Like it's going 100 miles an hour with movement. Um, and given the contact he makes in general, I think the 35 homer upside could be in play again, along with a good amount of RBIs and runs scored. Offense was not the problem for the Angels last year. And with better health all around, and you know, that lineup could be pretty darn good. I, I think Rendon will have a better batting average than we saw last year, too. I think 310 is within range. It's like, you know, very doable for him. Um, yeah, I think he's going too late than than what the the bat skills uh, project. I think that's really fair. And I think LeMahieu is, is kind of similar in that way. Uh, you know, never really strikes out. You know, you know, I, I don't know if his plate discipline is as good as Rendon, but it's it's very good. He doesn't strike out. He's in a great situation there as far as re-signing with the Yankees. I think he'll score 100 runs. I don't know if he's going to drive in 100 runs. He might get close. You know, there's a decent amount of power there as well. So I think they, they're pretty comparable. I think... As far and we talked about Lemayhu in our previous position episodes because he's eligible almost everywhere, uh, so far at least. Um, Alex Bregman is—it's it, a really hard case, I think. But I bet, I bet he really missed in-game video last year. <laughs> All right, it's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's just a year removed from being, you know, an MVP runner-up. So. Maybe we give him some benefit of the doubt here. I mean, he's not a 242 hitter. I'm sorry. You know, the plate discipline was still elite. 26 yeah. strikeouts against 24 walks. Still had an 801 OPS even with that 242 batting average. Uh, you know, he's never really stood out in the stat stat cast metrics, but that's not always the end of the world. Uh, I think he's going to be okay. And he he was actually a little better when he returned from his hamstring injury last year. So you know, we're just talking about a 42 game sample where he wasn't healthy for a decent part of it. So I'm going to let it go. And, and given where Bregman was picked last year, which I think was probably second round, I'd yeah. have to go back and look. 15th overall. I looked that up. So and he's around, around pick number 40 now. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I think he's going to bounce back with the power. The stolen bases have fallen off. I think he had a 17 steal season early on and he yeah. just doesn't do that anymore, which is weird because he's, you know, entering his age 27 season. But like you mentioned, the the plate skills are impeccable. Um, I think the power will be there. And you know, the Astros lost George Springer for the top of that lineup. I think that's a big deal. But hopefully they'll get Jordan Alvarez back in the heart of that lineup. And a grown-up Kyle Tucker, 
I think that offense will be fine. Um, and with LeMahieu, we both had him as our number one second baseman. So I think it just speaks to the the premier power bats that are at this third base position. LeMahieu is the the best, I think, batting average option on the board. Like, mm-hmm. you know, encompassing all the players. I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. Just that there are better home run and RBI guys at, at third base. Yeah, I mean, that's typically, traditionally, what you're looking for from a first baseman or a third baseman is like the big bopper. So yeah. I get it. I so that's it. so I have Nolan Arenado fourth. You had him sixth. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I agonized over maybe putting Lemayhu ahead of Arenado. Um, I think that feels like giving too much credit to those 2020 numbers. Um, they're they're pretty close for me though. Like yeah, I I, I changed all of these up a, a lot. Even though Arenado and Lemayhu are very different players. LeMayu does have the multi-position eligibility like we talked about. And Arenado's moving to a much harder place to hit home runs. Coors Field to Bush Stadium. Had a down year last year, but remember he had that AC joint bruise in his shoulder in the early part of the season, and he said it bothered him into November. And obviously the Cardinals took a look at that shoulder before they made the trade and, and felt it was fine. This wasn't a torn labrum, thoracic outlet syndrome kind of situation. So I'm not real worried about the shoulder. I think he'll be fine in that regard. The home road splits, um, you know, for players leaving the Rockies can be deceiving. We've talked about this, you know, how it's hard to take half your at-bats a mile above sea level and the other half, you know, not a mile above sea level. Pitches just move differently and and a road trip doesn't afford you enough of, of an adjustment period. I think he'll still be a four category stud in St. Louis with an obvious dip in home runs. He's not going to be, you know, 42 homer guy. I think 35 is, is about what, what I would like pray for. And he struck out in just 10% of his plate appearances in, in 2020. And that's right in line with what DJ LeMahieu did. So I don't know, you know, he's a 293 career hitter. He's not going to be 253 again. I, I feel pretty confident about that, but, uh, well, you know, yeah, he wasn't lifting balls because you you hurt your lead shoulder as a right-handed hitter. Like you know that hurts. And players strike out less often at Coors Field. It does suppress yeah. strikeouts, like we talked about during the right after the Arenado trade. So maybe he strikes out it's you know a little bit more, but not enough to really move the needle that much. I don't know if you're going to bank on 35 to 40 homers anymore, but 30 homers, 280 batting average. I think that's a reasonable expectation, uh, but. I don't know. I, I think LeMahieu, like you said, you know, the batting average, clear advantage, Yankee Stadium, there's an advantage. And just getting the multi-position eligibility gives you so many options for the remainder of your draft if, like, someone falls in your lap. To me, that means something, so that's kind of why I put him a little bit higher. But I, I still think Arenado's going to be fine. I don't want to make it seem like, oh, he's leaving Coors Field, so, like, his value's shot. Like, that's not the case. Yeah. Maybe some people will discount him for that reason severely or not want to draft him at all. I think he's going to be fine, but just don't go in expecting, you know, course field number. Well, on fan tracks right now, the ADP, Arenado's 29, LeMahieu's 30. So we're like, we're picking nits here. Yes, exactly. I, I had Rafael Devers 7. Where, where did you Same. Have? Same with me. Yeah, so we'll talk about this more with pitchers, um, how one or two bad outings can tank the stat line in a 60-game season. I think that idea is relevant here with Devers. He had a bad first three weeks last year, mm-hmm. you know, and then a 923 OPS with nine homers and 38, 38 RBIs over his final 36 games. So the overall numbers don't look 
look great, and that's why he's falling in drafts after being a top 20 guy in drafts last, last spring. Um, 96th percentile in exit velocity in 2020. Actually a tick better than his breakout 2019 in terms of exit velocity. Right. Um, like, can he please have Mookie Betts back uh, to set the table? <laughs> that would be nice. But no, I, I'm, I'm not worried about him being a power bat at all. I think he's going to do just fine. I, I, you know, that bad three weeks just that, that sunk his OPS. I think the thing that we have to watch, you know, going into this year is the plate discipline where he made huge strides in 2019, kind of fell back a little bit, even after he, you know, he, he caught fire. It wasn't quite the same, but the fact that he, you know, hits the ball, you know, I mean, he just makes a ton of hard contact. I, I think that's, you know, it's something to hang your hat on and, and feel optimistic about going into this year, you know, given the ballpark, I still think the lineup's pretty good. Um, even without Mookie. Um, so I, I think that I think he's going to be fine. I really do. Uh, I'm not too worried at all. And also like he, he can steal some bases, you know, he, he's not a total zero in that area either. So he's going to help you out there too. So really across the board, I, I think you're going to see a nice rebound here. I had Eugenio Suarez at eight. Yeah. I have him at 10, I believe. Yeah. Yep. This is kind of where we seriously diverged. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, not a, not in a big, big way, but, I mean, I, I talked about great – well, I mean, like Alex Bregman was on this great career trajectory and then last year kind of tanked it because he had a little injury. Um, I think you could say the same for Suarez. You know, keep in mind he had that shoulder surgery last January. I think he slipped on a pool in a pool or something. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you dig into the game logs, he had a really bad start. The low point was a 118 batting average, 504 OPS – as of August 19th from there, he had a 928 OPS with 13 home runs and 32 RBIs. Over- I had the same stat. I was guessing yeah. <laughs> over his final 37 games. I mean, we're dealing in small sample sizes, so let's, let's do it. 80th overall pick right now on NFC. I've always been pretty high on him and I, I, I might have more shares of him this year than any other year. I mean, 26 homers, 828 OPS in 2017, 34 homers, 892 OPS in 2018, 49 homers, 930 OPS in 2019, then a 781 OPS in this weird year that was 2020 coming off shoulder surgery. Like, what's to love? Great American ballpark. Uh, I, I still like that Reds lineup. They're such a weird team. But I think if, if everyone's healthy and, and clicking, I think they could score a lot of runs there. Batting average probably always going to be a moving target with him. Yeah. You're not going to bank on a high batting average. Struck out 28.5% of the time in 2019. That was his 49 homer season. Uh, 29% of the time last year. So, you know, there's a little margin for error if that keeps up. But had a 214 BABIP last year. That's got to go up. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that, especially, you know, his barrel percentage and hard hit percentage last year were actually higher last year than in 2019. So, so you like to see that. And yeah, that, you know, down the stretch, 13 homers, 32 RBIs over his final 37 games. That's like a 50 homer pace, which is basically what he was in, in 2019. So I definitely see the, the rebound appeal there. And I also see the rebound appeal with Juan Moncada. I think if there's any player that is like the poster boy for, for COVID impact, yeah, it's Moncada. And it's, it's really, pretty shocking actually how far he fell off and he's been pretty overt about you know just really not feeling good basically all of last year and and you can tell the difference so i was looking at his baseball 
uh, reference page or the baseball savant page today. And he was in the top 2% in the league with a 93.1 mile per hour average exit velocity in 2019, top 10% in uh, hard hit percentage. But last year, his average exit velocity fell all the way to 87.8 miles per hour from 93.1 in 2019. That's insane. And his hard hit rate was in the 23rd percentile. So, I mean, I'm willing to just give him a complete mulligan for last year. Yeah, and zero stolen base attempts. I mean, yeah. it looks like the profile of, of a fatigued player. Yeah, And he got diagnosed in late June, so it stretched the whole season. He said he was still dealing with it into November. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, yeah, that's the lead story, COVID-19 with Mankata, and he's going to be at a, at a discount because of that. There are similar stories a, across all sports with different athletes and, you know, of course, among average citizens too. If, if there's one thing I can say about COVID, which I've had and my fiancé has had and some friends and family members have had, it affects everyone so differently. Um, and Mankata, you can just see it in the data, like you mentioned, that the big drop in hard hit rate and exit velocity and the zero steals. Um, I think he could totally rebound with 25 to 30-ish homers, something like 15 steals. I don't know that he'll touch the 315 batting average from, from 2019, but I think he's better than a 225 hitter, which he was last year. And Absolutely. Hopefully gets back into that the number two spot in that lineup, surrounded by Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Yasmani Grandal, Nick Madrigal, um, Adam Eaton, maybe Andrew Vaughn. There's talk about their big first base prospect possibly making the opening day roster. That lineup is stacked top to bottom with power, speed, OBP. Um, and I think Mankata could feast if, if he just gets back to, to his old 2019 self. Well, he's got to be feeling good because he, he made a music video. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I did see that. I- <laughs> Oh, he's got that going for him. Is- I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't want to make fun of it. No, it was fine. It really was fine. Yeah, no, it I'm, was. I'm glad to see him having fun. And when I when I saw that, I was like, hey, like that's like more crossover appeal for MLB. That's that's a good thing. Sure. I. I it, it. I don't know. I don't want to say this. It, it made me like feel like I wanted like a caipirinho or like a mojito. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like the kind of. I don't know. It's the kind of music you hear at like a Tex-Mex restaurant. No, right. no, no hate. No hate. No, no. As I was watching the video, like five more inches of snow were falling into New York. So no, it, it was a good, a good escape for you know a couple of minutes. It warmed you up inside. Yeah. So before we move on here, just a quick note. Uh, if you want to get our online draft guide or really any of our premium products, here's a special offer. You can use our promo code BASES10 for 10% off any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge Plus can be used either monthly or annual. And for any tier, not only do you get access to our draft guide, but you also get season tools for NBA and NHL, which are in season right now. So it's a great value and can help you if you just play baseball or if, or if you have your hand in all sports. So remember, it's promo code BASES10. You can go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash MLB Draft Guide to get started. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. 
Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. So I had Max Muncie at nine. Um, you can kind of find our Muncie breakdown at both first base and second base. Yeah. He ranked higher for me at both of those positions than he does here. I think which just it, that speaks to the stacked top 12 at third base and the kind of power and like RBI potential that you're expecting from guys. I think Muncie's right in that mix though. I, I think he's a little bit undervalued this year, which I like because I, I just like him as a fantasy asset. He's kind of a, a cheap way to get a piece of that lineup in, in Los Angeles. That's fair. That's fair. And I have Calvin Biggio ninth. I put uh, Muncie 11th. The reason I did that is just because... I had Biggio 11th. Sorry okay. to interrupt. Yeah. Well, Biggio, you know, brings the speed element that uh, Suarez and Muncie don't. I don't think that Muncie or Suarez are going to hit for average. I know Biggio probably isn't either. Biggio, you know, probably a good portion of the season at least will be in a hitter-friendly ballpark. I don't know where he's going to hit in a lineup for the Blue Jays, but just that overall package, I think there's enough there to give some separation. He's not going to hit as many home runs as those guys, but I like just that he makes an impact. Uh, in speed yeah and playing in in Dunedin Florida man I've pronounced that twice or pronounced that right roll man (laughs) but short power alleys compared to most major league parks and that'll help him because he was one of those guys you could could identify as being impacted by the de-juiced baseball right Um, and I, I saw uh Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo was talking today this is February 18th when we're recording this um, we want these podcasts to be evergreen, but he said that George Springer could bat anywhere between one and three. So maybe Springer's not like locked into that leadoff spot and Biggio could get some starts there. Hey, that'd or, be cool. Or Biggio could hit second. Like that would Im- improve my outlook on him a lot. Yeah, totally. No doubt. So 12th for me, I have Jeff McNeil. And I really, I didn't love this. Uh, I'm a little worried about him, not as a hitter. He's, he's definitely a really good hitter, 319 hitter through 248 career games, but just about the power. Uh, he fell off last year. I think he hit all four of his homers in the span of like four games last year. Um, he doesn't run. Uh, if there is a de-juiced baseball, like, you know, is he going to be a 20 homer player? Probably not. So you're really just buying the average and a little bit of power, the multi-position eligibility. So I don't feel great about this, and I could easily see some of these younger guns jumping him for sure. Yeah, I didn't know what where to rank Jeff McNeil here or Tommy Edmond for that matter. Yeah, um, Two guys we've talked about a ton. So if, if you're listening to all these podcasts, we don't have to go too in-depth on them. Yeah, let's talk about the young guys. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, well, so I have Alec Baum 16th. 
and I have Cabrian Hayes 20. Okay. I, I have uh, Bohm 13th and Hayes 14th. So wow. they're right on the cusp. See, man, when I first did this, I had Bohm. Is it Bohm? It, I think it's Bohm, yeah. Okay. Um, I had him in the top 15, and I had Hayes just outside the top 15. But as I was adding like Gio Urshela, Josh Donaldson, Justin Turner, Chris Bryant, it's totally fair, man. Matt Chapman. I mean, like I had to keep bumping him down and let's talk about Hayes. I mean, he, sh he like definitely flashed last year. There's no denying that 376 batting average, 1142 OPS over his first 95 major league plate appearances debuted with the pirates on September 1st tied with Kyle Lewis of the Mariners for the highest war among major league rookies. And Lewis played 34 more games than Hayes. Um, but if you look at the the minor league numbers with Hayes, a 751 OPS and 480 plate appearances at the AAA level, in his 461 career minor league games, he had 25 total home runs. That's in 461 games. He has pretty good speed, and I like him a lot as like a building block for the Pirates as they do their aggressive rebuilding thing. But I think what he flashed last year was like legitimately just a flash, um, and. And as we look ahead to 2021, I was talking about this with Matt Williams, one of our, our new hires at NBC Sports Edge. Is there a possibility that the Pirates put him in the minors for a bit? Hmm. Like, what do they have to gain? Like, they can they can still game his his service time. You know, I don't think they'll do that. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be so cruel <laughs> for like the few Pirates fans remaining that yeah. they, they would jump ship too. But I I kind of wouldn't totally rule it out. Um, I just don't think I mean, he's not a 376 hitter. He's not an, a, a thousand OPS guy. He's not a big power hitter. Mm -hmm. I think he'll give you a little bit of speed, but the lineup around him is terrible and could get worse. Um, I'm just, I'm not there with him. He had a 450 Babbitt. Yeah. When he was on last year. Uh, but he did hit the ball hard and like, you can't fake that. Um, his hard hit percentage was 55.4%, which was, Good enough for 10th among hitters with at least 25 batted ball events. Um, and the exit velo was also really good. Um, I think if you want to pour some cold water on it, the, a lot of the hard contact was on the ground. Um, so, And that's sort of the question with him is like, yeah, we we have a pretty good idea that he's going to be a, a good hitter. He's not. He didn't strike out a ton in the minors. So there's going to be some good plate discipline there. Yeah. But the question is like how much power was going to be in this bat. And he didn't show that kind of exit velo in the minors uh, based off of what I've read. Uh, but that he did it, I think, is is revealing and exciting. Um, but I'm just not sure. I, I know Matthew Poliat loves him a lot this year. Uh, <laughs> I, I can understand why you'd buy in here, but you like I'm not going to be the guy that, that tries. There's definitely safer investments. Yeah. Uh, Gio Urshela, I, I tweeted something out earlier. He's actually 16th or he's 17th for me. Same. Uh, Gio Urshela. So uh, 175 games of the Yankees, Urshela's hitting 310 with 27 homers and 104 RBIs. And I was thinking about, about this here, 310, 27 homers, 104 RBIs. Like, would you take that outcome from Nolan Arenado this year? Yeah. You know, like if you put that side by side, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. And know? guess guess what? He's going thirty two spots later than Cabrian Hayes on Yahoo. Yeah, it's crazy. 
I, if anything, it just says like maybe it is possible to be undervalued on the Yankees. Yeah, and you know, he had an elbow cleanup procedure in December, but it was arthroscopic bone chip removal. I don't worry about those kind of things at all, especially with a position player. Yeah, like he's he's already in Yankees camp. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so Alec Bohm, uh, one Oh four ADP on NFC the last time I checked. Um, and he was, he was really good last year, really hit his stride as, uh, you know, as the season moved along, hit 338 with a 400 on base percentage, um, had a 410 BABIP, which I, I guess is a little bit of a question mark, uh, just four homers in, in 44 games. That's yeah. That's a 15 homer pace, man. I'm, yeah. I'm a little worried about that. Fly ball rate was 25.4%. Uh, 21 homers over 125 games, three different levels in the minors in 2019. I think he's a really good hitter. Same. And you look at him physically and you say like sooner or later, he's going to like fill out. He kind of has like that Jason worth body type, which has been compared obviously because he's on the Phillies. But you got to think in, in time, more power is going to develop there uh, and a good home run ballpark there in Philadelphia. I think it's enough for me to be a little hesitant right now to throw him with some of these other guys, just the power question. Uh, but I think he's going to be useful in mixed leagues for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not going to deny the plate skills, what, he, what he's shown so far in, in, in his like young professional career. I think he's going to be really good long term, um, but I, I'm not going to make the investment this year just you know you're doing it because he hit 338 with a 400 obp as a rookie which is great but it was in 44 games um and the he just didn't show enough power for me for for me to really like him where he's going um i would rather have chris bryant um you know and like it's kind of a how the mighty have fallen situation i was tempted to rank Bohm and Cabrian Hayes above him. I think that's feeding way too much into what happened in 2020, though, when you really dig into the numbers. Um, a year ago, Bryant batted 282 with a 903 OPS, 31 home runs, kind of putting to rest that shoulder issue that led to his poor numbers in 2018. Last year, it was a wrist injury, oblique injury, too, towards the end of the year. And he just he never got it going. And batted ball data was pretty bad, but he's never been like a big batted ball data guy. Um, entering a contract year at age 29, uh, there's motivation there. If you're into that narrative, probably heading elsewhere at some point, either during the season or after it, or maybe even this spring. Um, I just think he's definitely a bounce back candidate. You can chalk up last year to a wrist injury and a little bad luck. Um, I think he's a really good value for once going at pick number 128 in early drafts. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind winding up with him as my starting third baseman. Matt Chapman's another one who's an injury rebound guy. I had him 15th, just ahead of Chris Bryant, actually. Chapman de dealt with a hip injury last season, which eventually required surgery in September. And if you remember, Chapman made some major strides with his plate discipline in recent years, but it all fell apart in the shortened season last year. Still had the power, 10 homers in 37 games, but uh, Chapman hit just 232. Strikeout rate was 35.5%, well above his previous career high. That was 28.2%. So, like, just way out of whack. Uh, Chapman also had a career low walk rate of 5.3%. He was never under 9.4% previously. Uh, you know, the power there, powers there, the power metrics have always been in his favor. I think, you know, back to full health. 
you know, the play discipline should return. The power will still be there. He's never going to be like a big batting average guy, but uh, similar to Brian, I think he's a really solid bounce back choice. Yeah. I, I would love to rank Chapman higher. He's one of the best all around players in baseball when he's healthy factoring the defense. One of my favorite players to watch just because maybe the A's uniforms are so beautiful, but um, needed that. It, it was a labrum repair on his right yeah, hip. It's no small surgery. Oh, you to be clear about that. It is a major surgery. Um, he's expected to be ready for opening day, but I don't know. Are there lingering effects when he gets on the field, both defensively and offensively? Hips are pretty important for a baseball player. If, if you've ever, ever played baseball, you know that there's a lot that goes into moving your hips, especially at the plate and playing third base. Um, but he has the potential to move up if he's like getting into Cactus League games. The A's are saying all the right things that his rehab has gone well and he's a full go. I just I want to I want to kind of see it first. Yeah, I get it. Um, talk about like health grades here, Josh Donaldson. Like, what do you what do you do with him at this point? Like, the ADP is like almost in the two hundred range at this point. Uh, limited to just twenty eight games last year with a calf issue, six homers, eight forty two OPS in that time. I mean, the potential's there, but you know, given the age and the injury risk, like, I don't know if he's going to be a starting third base option for anyone at this point. He's just kind of a dice roll corner infielder at this stage he has all the goods to like go off as a member of that twins lineup um even at age 35 but it's just such a big if on the health front um i'm probably not gonna i don't know maybe if i could get him real late just just take a shot but he i would not pencil him him in as like a starting third base third baseman in like a 12 10 team league I think Justin Turner, like you worry about the health with him and the age. Um, he's 36 now, turned 36 in November. But I, I, I imagine that the ADP will go up now that he's back with the Dodgers as we see more drafts roll in. But uh, last I checked, it was 220. That seems insane to me. That's that's way, way too low because he was really good last year when he, when he was healthy. Yeah, uh, I know he missed some time at the hamstring strain, but... 307, four homers, 23 RBIs, 26 runs scored, 42 games. Just super solid. Uh, love the lineup in the ballpark. So, like, that's just kind of – you got to go with that. Yeah, Turner should be a, a great source of batting average again. And he'll mop up some RBIs and runs scored uh, in that Dodgers lineup. The power's probably fading as, as he moves into age 36. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah – I mean, for the value for the batting average and the, the RBIs and the run scored you can get, he's he's definitely an intriguing pick late. Um, as we move down here, Eduardo Escobar, uh, 35 home runs and 118 RBIs in 2019 when the baseball was made of trampoline material. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of proved to be a mirage. There needs to be a study about what happened in Arizona with some of these hitters like Cattell Marte and Eduardo Escobar. You know, Escobar, I, I'm pretty sure he loves Fogo de Chao, which is the, the yeah, Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah. That might be like his secret uh, his secrets potion or whatever. Like He, he couldn't go there last he year. couldn't go there last year. Maybe this year will be different and he can get back on track. Uh, but seriously, though, I would take like a middle ground between 2019 and 2020, and that's still like plenty useful. Yeah, I agree with that. Austin Riley, um, the raw power is there. Will, will the plate discipline ever improve enough? Uh, I, I don't know. I'd let someone else try to figure that out. Brian Anderson, a lot of – if you like follow fantasy baseball people on Twitter, a lot of people really like Brian Anderson. I'm not quite there. Um, I don't think he's the full-on breakout guy, but 
I don't know, he showed up to, to Marlon's camp and they, they said he's like in the best shape of his life. Like they say with everybody, but like he legitimately looks ripped. Maybe this is, I don't know. I mean, he's been, he's been like really good uh, for a while. Like maybe this is the year that he really explodes. The Marlins lineup is a bit more respectable now too, which I think can only help him. Yep. Uh, Ryan McMahon, the new third baseman in, in Colorado. He, yeah. I think there's a good floor of power there. He doesn't really excite me. Um, I had Edwin Rios on here because like maybe the Dodgers wouldn't have signed Justin Turner, but I think he's kind of off the radar now. Maybe um, if there's a DH, there's, there's something there for him. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think he was being talked a lot about as, as a potential sleeper candidate if Turner ended up signing with the Brewers or, right. or what have you. What do you, what do you think of uh, Carter Keeboom? Like, what do we do with him now? Wait and see. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been bad. He didn't have a single barrel in 67 batted balls last season, just two through 90 batted balls in his entire career. Like, that's, that's super alarming, man. But I mean, he was not that kind of player in the minors. It's, I don't know. Is it a confidence thing? He he's been bad defensively too. He could be a guy that like takes his defensive mistakes with him to the plate. Yeah. I'm, I'm assigning narratives to a guy I don't know anything <laughs> about. Um, <laughs> But the Nationals want to give him every opportunity yeah, to sink that, or swim, which you know is nice. But certainly in mixed leagues, you're not you're not chasing after that right now. There's enough options that you you don't really have to go after that right now. Sure, and they could have gone and gotten Chris Bryant, I guess, depending on the asking price, or they could have made a play for a third baseman. And I, I, yeah, I think they're going to give him some run and try to instill some confidence in him. He's he's a guy that can that hit in the minors. I, I would expect that he's going to figure it out at some point. Yeah. So should we get into the, the prospects here? Sure. Uh, so Spencer Torkelson uh, with the Tigers was the number one pick in the draft last year. Kind of a, you know, when if you do some reading right now, as far as prospect lists concerned, I mean, he's never played a pro game yet. Right. But he's already like a top five overall prospect in the game. Uh, I think Chris Crawford, our prospect guy, had him sixth on his list. Uh, but that was no disrespect. Um, right-handed hitter, you know, just a great pure hitter, but also a ton of power. Um, you know, some scouts believe he's like one of the best hitters to come out of the draft in, in a long time. And, you know, it's rare that you see a right-handed hitting first baseman or quarter infielder type taken that early in a draft. It just doesn't happen that much which I think really speaks to, to his potential. Is he going to play third base though? I, I... That's, that's the, that's the vibe that I'm getting right now, whether he sticks there for the long term, that's kind of unclear. Uh, I don't know if he, if he can do that, but that's where, as far as I'm, as far as I know, that's where he's going to start out his pro career. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that like, what was it at their alternate training site? He was playing third base. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't know enough about him. Like I'm not a, a prospects guy other than how it relates to fantasy. So as far as MLB pipeline and their description of him, uh, they had him number three on their prospects list. They say he's the only prospect in baseball with a 60 hit tool and a 70 grade power tool. Yep. I mean, he was, he was like a three sport athlete. I, I, maybe he is athletic enough to play third base. Um, but I think the point is, like, it, it's not going to be long. We're not going to be waiting super long to see Torkelson up. It'll be probably at some point this year, assuming he stays healthy, 
not the beginning of the year, maybe not even a month into the season, but I think he's like the big name to watch. Do you really think he's going to come up? I do think he's going to be up this year. Wow. I do. Yeah, I think he's pretty much ready to go. I, I know, but what, what do the Tigers have to gain by doing that? Like, think about it in a business sense. Excitement? I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, DJ, we've been through this, man. <laughs> uh, you know, if they wait till the you know middle of the summer, I, I, I could really see it happening. You know, if the, if the young pitchers show something, if there's like a little bit of excitement with that franchise – I don't think the Tigers lineup is really that terrible. I think there's some interesting pieces there. If they could bring Torkelson up, you know, show a little glimpse of the future before the year is out. I think you need to watch him. And I think as soon as he comes up, he's going to be mixed league relevant right away. What's in that cup you've been sipping from? <laughs> it's it's vodka. <laughs> Just straight vodka. <laughs> I have two kids. I've been surrounded by them all day. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I don't think this is crazy. I really don't think it's crazy. I think he'll be up this year. I maybe all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other prospect we're going to see most likely, and probably sooner, uh, Josh Young with with the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, he was number seventy three on on Chris's list, number eight overall pick of the Rangers in twenty nineteen. Uh, he's actually going to start the year in AAA. Um, and I think that's just a function of the way that the minor league seasons are going to go this year that they want to start out there. Yeah. They announced that today that triple A's they're planning to start on like April 4th and double A won't start until May 4th, I believe. Mm -hmm. So all these teams that invited their top prospects to spring training, they're not going to have them like go sit out for a month. They're going to put them at triple A, right? Right. That's what I'm assuming. Even yeah. guys that haven't played a pro game or haven't played above low A ball or rookie ball. Yes. That'll be kind of interesting. Like they're a they're a injury away from making the major league roster. Yeah, that's maybe, true. Maybe that's why Torkelson will come up like early <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's a huge difference between Young and Torkelson. Like Young's more of like an average hitter. Like he's just a really good hitter. He's not going to be like a huge power guy. Sure. Though. Yeah. Um, you know, 20 homers, maybe it could be more in time, but I think he's just a really solid hitter. Um, and someone we'll see fairly soon. I, 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 I don't think it's going to be maybe for the all-star break, but I think we'll see him for, you know, a pretty good run of him in the second half. We should talk about Kyle Seager real quick. Okay. Uh, I think he's going to get traded. And if he gets traded somewhere in like a better hitting environment, would would you probably have a lot more interest in him? I think I would. And, and actually, the Mets were linked to him. At yeah. least I, I saw at least one rumor about that this offseason. And and Mets fans were kind of like, uh, you know, why did you get Nolan Arenado? <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't hate the rumor, honestly. Like I think for another year or two, like he could be a really solid player. Yeah, he's thirty three. Um, but I don't, I don't know. He's been a 30 homer guy. He's been like a, a consistent 25 homer guy for a while. Um, with an OPS right around 800, I think you get him out of Seattle. He could maybe put together a couple of good years before it's all over. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, who else have we touched on? I don't know. I feel like we've hit on as many as I had notes for. Yeah. All right. 
<laughs> which is probably means it's time for us to go. Yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that completes our third base episode. Um, you know, we're rolling on here. Outfield catcher, our upcoming episodes. Then the pitching side, we'll do starting pitchers and relievers to to round out our round out our position previews. And then we'll get into more uh, headlines as as we get into March. We'll probably talk some mock drafts. You know, a ton of good stuff on the way, especially. Colin and Chris are doing their shows as well, going over headlines coming out of spring training. So uh, definitely keep it tuned here. And if you like what you're hearing with this show, Circling the Bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review as well. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next time. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.